Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. We're here for a rare midweek episode, just kind of like a, you know, Zach had to run in the last episode. So we, we missed out on some of the stuff we wanted to touch on at that point. This is going to get you ready for the rest of the week, this weekend, and kind of prep you for next week and what you might be able to expect. I'm your host, TJ Branson. Joined with me, Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. So, guys, we are, uh, it's Wednesday, right? Wednesday? That, that it is. Okay, so it's Wednesday. It's around 9 p.m. right now. I'm a little sick. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm going to try and not sneeze for, you know, the next half hour or so. All right, some quick injury updates. Philip Forsberg took a weird high hit from Mark Stone, left late in the third period, did not return in last night's game. Corey Perry is making his debut right now. I think he's got like a shot and a hit so far and nothing else. But he is playing on the second line ahead of Joe Pavelski, which is kind of interesting. Josh Anderson did not return today. They are maybe eyeballing a weekend return for him. Brian Little is practicing again on the second line center between Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. Nico Heischer, he left Monday's game early. Jack Hughes is actually going to be on the top line playing alongside Hall and Paul Mary, which I think might be able to kick his, uh, his slump. Jordan Everly did not travel to Winnipeg Thursday, does not appear likely for Saturday against Columbus either. Rob Thomas, he's nearing a return, and a return Thursday hasn't been ruled out, so tomorrow. Uh, and David Krejci, he took part in half of Wednesday's practice. He was wearing a normal jersey, centering the second line with DeBrusque and Brett Ritchie, and has not been ruled out for tomorrow's game yet either. So we were talking a couple of these interesting line changes. Corey Perry, line two over Joe Pavelski. I picked him up for a flyer today. I don't know if you have any interest in him online too at all. Is it kind of just like a wait and see thing for you? What did I say when I responded? I said Foxta and Pavelski with, yeah. with Pavelski. I like I like Fox's ability to be added. Yeah, his stock to be added like boosted up because he's playing with Pavelski now. So if anything, I feel like especially in like a, a deeper league or even like a DFS, I guarantee you can get Fox a pretty damn cheap yeah. being on the third line, but now also playing with a player like Pavelski. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, we already touched on Jack Hughes. He's on line one with Nico Heischer out right now. We're going to be able to see that tomorrow. Uh, Alex Chason is on line two with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Neil trying to get both Alex Chason and Ryan Nugent Hopkins going. Tara Hirose has been demoted to power play two in favor of Andreas Athanasiu. And in Philly, Travis Konechny is back up on that top line with Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier, from what I'm seeing, it looks like they're going back to those old lines. Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, Limblom, Hayes, and Van Riemsdyk, Raffle, Lawton, and Voracek as your top nine there. The power play's got a facelift here. Couturier, Giroux, Voracek, Konechny, and Ghost with Limblom, Hayes, Van Riemsdyk, Provorov, and Niskanen on the power play too. So Travis Konechny right now getting a big boost in value. And right now, I'm actually, I got the uh, the Washington-Toronto game in the background. TJ Oshie on the top line with Ovechkin and Backstrom. Jake Verana to line three. Hagelin on line two. Jake Verana still scored a goal. Yeah, that he did. And John Carlson is still on every single goal that the Capitals are scoring this year so far. I swear, he's got like 15 points. And he's he's on every single goal. It's ridiculous. All right, so this is the segment that we wanted to get to when we were doing episode 69. It's called Are They Real? So it's, it's think of it like an unsustainable, sustainable type thing. And the first one I want to lead off with, we got to edit some of his stats here because he scored a goal tonight, Ilya Mikhaev. Yeah, man, dude, I'm telling you. I am telling you. I told, I told you guys about this kid last week. He scored a goal again. You still have him. I know you picked him up, or did you since drop him? No, he had, he had two um, 
two games in a row yesterday and today. So I cashed. I got nothing <clears throat> yesterday. I liked that game against Minnesota yesterday, uh, but he he didn't put anything up. And then tonight he did score a goal. So I kept him for those two days. In regards to what we were talking about on Monday, so you you saw something along the lines of maybe Mikhaev getting a bump up to the top six, and it looks like Trevor Moore is actually that guy. He he's the one that's now playing alongside John Tavares and Mitch Marner. They did bump Kasperi Kapanen down in the second and third periods of that last game, but they moved Trevor T Dog more up there, and he he clicked. Tavares scored almost immediately. Kapanen scored tonight too. What Kapanen has a goal one assist so far. Yeah, so it looks like it's working for everybody. He's got an assist on the Mikhaev goal, and he's got a goal of his own. Uh, you can see Trevor Moore on that top line, at least for for the moment. Ilya Mikhaev, still no power play time. I was doing a lot of reading on him uh, on The Athletic. I was reading through any article that had his name mentioned. He is leaned on heavily for the penalty kill. He's tied with Marner for the lead amongst forwards in penalty kill time. And the more I read about Mikhaev, it seems like he isn't the big offensive guy that we were hoping for and kind of crossing our fingers real tightly on Monday. But I mean, he's doing enough work from the third line that he's still he's still viable. I will say that I definitely do like the kid. Like I said, I know we talked about him last uh, last episode. And I mean, I'm definitely high on him. I know the Leafs are too, and that's why I am. If they're going to push him into the top six, Trevor Moore, you definitely have your uh, your chance to see what's going on. Uh, but watch out, Mikhaev uh, is definitely worth getting picked up. And I think you you had a, you had a savvy pickup, that's for sure. Yeah, I like those two games in a row. He's got six points now in eight games, three goals, three assists. They're all even strength points. He's shooting, at least before this game, he was shooting at 14.3. Two goals on 14 shots at the time I wrote this. 15.43 average time on ice, three hits, three blocks. His on-ice shooting percentage is 14.6. So he's shooting a little high, getting good success. Ride it while it's happening. He's a streamer, nothing else. Uh, next guy is somebody that you have picked up and you've held on to, uh, Eric Halla. Over the last three seasons, he's averaged 0.69 points per game. That's in the neighborhoods of JT Miller, Jeff Skinner, Kyle Palmieri. And this year, he's scoring at 0.86 per game. That's a bit over his average, but you got to watch out for that 26.3 shooting percentage. He's shooting twice his career average. Halla is also on pace to outshoot his career average by almost 50 shots. In 2017-18, when he was in Vegas, he scored his career-high 55 points. He was shooting around 2.3 shots per game. Right now, he's at 2.71. Uh, he is getting more ice time than ever before, more power play time than ever before. So it's likely that he'll be able to sustain that like 0. 0.69, 0. 0.7 points per game type of season. That would mean that he's going to see a 15% drop in production. But, I mean, 55 points with 30 goals, that's not out of the question. 175 shots in there. And that's somebody you picked up from the waiver wire. So, to me, that's a win. It's definitely a win. I mean, it's somebody I do. The best part is I'm not like I'm not emotionally invested in Eric Holler. If he like he's kind of my my movable spot. I kept him for the past couple of days just because they played two days in a row. Chances are I'll be dropping Eric Holler tonight and seeing what else is out there. Hmm. That's the whole well, thing. I mean, uh, do you think do you think he's holdable? Yeah, I, don't, I would. Oh, I, I don't plan. Do you on think he's? Him. You so you consider him bottom of your roster right now? Uh, one of them. Okay. Hell, I've even thought about dropping Jamie Ben. Yikes! Yeah, I don't know about all that yet. The Stars are off to a shit start. Pretty sure they're losing again right now. They're awful. Yeah, they're losing to the Blue Jackets, so that's a bad look. The only issue that I see with Eric Halla, he's kind of stuck on that third line. He's not beating out. Sebastian Ajo for the first line center. He's not beating out Jordan Stahl for that second line center either. 
So it looks like he's stuck on the third line. But he is getting 303 in power play time. There's going to be ice time. He's getting over 17 minutes a night. Next up is our boy, Sammy Blay. Do you think that what he's doing is is sustainable in any way? Is What we're seeing from Sammy Blay, is this Sammy Blay? I want to say yes. I, I want to, too. I like him. He plays on the right line. He does the work. And you know what? He's definitely for real in, even if maybe he slows down on points, which is very feasible. But those hits aren't going anywhere, TJ. Where are those five or six hits a game? Those hits aren't going anywhere. He is a forward who can get you points. He can get you goals. He can get you pims as well. Um, I, he gets fiery out there. He gets real fiery out there. But, dude, 19 hits already. Take a look at his shooting percentage. He's shooting around 30% right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the points, they're unsustainable. He's going to come back down to earth with that. But those hits aren't going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to keep him on, on my team just for the... Just for the fact that you getting hits from a forward like that, crazy. Yeah, it's I'll almost like it. a like a Josh Anderson light. All right, so we were saying that we were really excited about him getting some power play time. He got like a minute and 40 seconds or something like that. Power play time against Montreal, and then they went into the next game. He got no power play time against New York Islanders. It might be fleeting for Sammy Blay, but I definitely want to ride that train while it's hot. I'm definitely not. I'm not dropping him. And yeah, right now it's hot. And he did get a season high in time on ice too. So he's breaking, he's got right now, he's like 15 minutes. So I do want to see him get some more time. That'll come with the power play. That'll come. Yeah, with, he's starting to get power play time, man. I want to see that stay steady before we can start talking about him. Like seriously, he's, he's, you know, he's exciting. He's new. He's hitting, uh, he's scoring, but uh, I don't know if I can, if I can take him seriously yet. I want to, I really want to. Following suit with the same type of player, Vladislav Nemesnikov. He has a really nice schedule next week. And when you guys are going into your weeks next week, Ottawa is the one you want to be eyeballing. Four off-night games. So the same way we were looking at Washington this week, Edmonton this week, and Anaheim this week, Ottawa is the team to look at next week. They have four off-night games. Sunday might be the night you want to try and make a move to get Nemesnikov. He's averaging 19-11 average time on ice with the Sens. Got a 53.4 power play share in the last game. So on paper, it doesn't look like he's on the top power play. But as far as time goes, he is. At least that was in the last game against Minnesota that he got uh, more power play time than the other one. He's shooting at a pretty nice clip, getting as good line combinations as Ottawa has to offer. He and Kachuk are both on the left side at the moment. So it doesn't look like he's going to be getting top line time. 6% in Yahoo, 2.6 in ESPN. It's also worth noting that he put up 44 penalty minutes, 140 hits, and 62 blocks last year with 119 shots on goal. And that was when he was averaging 15.48 average time on ice. So obviously the shooting percentage needs to go down. He's shooting at almost 30% too. What do you make of this start in Ottawa here? I just like the situation that he's in. I know what kind of player he is, and I don't expect him to stay on that pace. But for the time being, he's worth a stream, especially next week. See how he does, uh, but don't get attached. Yeah, that's a one-week thing for sure. But, I mean, if you're looking at Ottawa, there's there's really there's two options. There's Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat. Those are the only people you really want. I think outside of that, Vladislav Nemesnikov makes, like, you know, next man on the totem pole for streamers, you know. All right, Kale McCarr. This is the next guy, and it, and it pains me to, to bring this up because – I'm a Kel McCarr owner in my drafts. I was gunning for him in pretty much every league. He's got six points in five games played. They're playing right now. He's got nothing so far. 
He's got six points in now six games played, 19-17 average time on ice. That's pretty low for a defenseman, if you ask me. He's got no shots before tonight in four out of five games that he played. He skated only 17-02 in the game against Washington. And maybe that's because they came out to a really fast start that they put up like four goals in the first nine minutes or something. He's got four hits, six blocks, and three shots on goal through those five games. Four of his assists were on the power play, and four out of his six assists are secondary assists. He's third in the league in power play time and ice, so he is making up some ground on the time on ice department. Just how many of these red flags can we take seriously? Is is Kel McCarr kind of just like a, a points league defenseman now? Is this somebody we can't count on in our categories leagues? He's a small guy. He reminds me of like a younger, better skating version of Shane Goss despair. And Ghost doesn't hit that much either. He's, he's that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. He He's not that physical defender. It's either he's going to be producing points and producing for your team, or he's not, and he's not. So would you try and ship him out if you were in a category-heavy league, like a banger? Very possibly, especially because I'm getting points elsewhere. Uh, that's why I like to play like Sammy Blay so much. You get points and hits. Yeah. So that the hits are just an extra pleasant thing. Looking for my points for my forwards, and a lot of times your defense is really going to cover the load on your hits and your blocks. If you're getting those from a player that uh, isn't usually in that position, then even better. But if Makar can't at least get the points, then no, I, so, I'd trade him. So far, all he's contributing in is <clears throat> assists and power play points. So I don't know, man. Like if you're struggling in certain areas, maybe look at because Kel McCarr still has like that that name value. So you might be able to get him. Um, one of the trades that somebody brought up in our Discord was like Victor Olafson and Cal McCarr for a Roman Yossi. I think that's a pretty good trade. Yossi hits all the categories, shoots a ton. He's going to get those power play points. There's nobody threatening him. If you want to package something for an upgrade, go for it. But if you're in a points league, you want to keep Cal McCarr. I, I think that to me is something that stands out is Cal McCarr might be a points league defenseman. So in our money league, somebody dropped Jack Hughes. I did. You did? I did. Explain yourself. It's not going to be that hard. All you got to tell me is that he's got zero points. <laughs> he's He's got zero points, and he's taking two to three shots a game. Three shots yeah. on the high end. Uh, most games, yeah. he's taking two or less. The Devils are kind of in a state of flux right now. Who knows what's happening with Subban and just all these pieces that, that I, for one, and the Devils thought were just going to mesh and it was just going to work. Oh, that reminds me. Subban is off power play work one. right away. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot to bring that up when we were talking line changes. It looks like uh, Sammy Vatanen is going to get that power play one time right now. So If I need to turn over the bottom of my league or the bottom of my, my roster, then I have to do so. At the time, uh, Jack Hughes was definitely that person. If I end up picking him back up, then I end up picking him back up. But for now, I needed that spot. I need I need to win. Fair enough. Jack Hughes, he's got 72% offensive zone stars, 15-50 time on ice. And like you were saying, that's coming from a struggling Devils team. He's typically on the third line, second power play. Tomorrow, he is slated for the top line, still getting that second power play time. He's got no points. He's minus four, 12 shots, two hits, two blocks. He is trash in the faceoff dot. Jack Hughes has an on-ice shooting percentage of 2.3. And you could say that, you know, in order to be league average, that that needs to quadruple, but zero times four is still zero. So 
there's nothing really I can do with that. But league average being around nine, it looks like there's definitely going to be an uptick. Nobody is going to be 2.3 going through the whole season, I don't think. Uh, the struggling of the Devils and pretty much everybody on the team definitely affecting Hughes. Going into the year, everybody's super high on him. It was hard not to be. He was the top overall draft pick. I had him kind of in a, uh, a in a Heischer type year that he was going to get 45 to 50 points. Obvious upside for more. He's generating shots, you know, like you were saying, okay at best. Things are going to pick up if this Hall, Hughes, and Paul Mary thing works Thursday against the Rangers. You know, maybe he gets the monkey off his back and it's, it's just the floodgates open. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think that he's just going to be a bust, but yeah, I had to drop him. I don't, don't hate me. <laughs> I was the one that drafted him, believe me. I didn't want to do it any more than anybody else. Yeah. Last one we got is Cam Atkinson, man. He's got two goals in five games. Uh, playing tonight, I think he's got he's got nothing. So two goals in six games so far. They are actively playing the Stars right now. It's the start of the third period. And both of his goals were on the power play here. He's got 25 shots in five games. It's a real smooth five shots per game. Career high in minutes. Career high in power play time on ice. His PDO is exactly 100. So, like, I, I was having trouble figuring out what's going on. Uh, on ice shooting percentage, 9.7, which is around league average. On ice save percentage, 9.03, close to league average. What's going on? His personal shooting percentage is down from 14 to 8. But I, I, I sometimes I hate talking about this because no one is entitled to goals. You know what I mean? Nobody's owed goals just because they shot at a certain percentage in their career. He's actually scoring goals at around the same clip per game at a much, much higher shot volume. He's not succeeding on as many of those shots. So I don't think I'm going to worry about his totals. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with that five shots per game for 400 plus shots this year, but to be able to hit 350, that's not out of the question. 300 plus, I would take the over for sure. At 8%, which I don't think is going to continue shooting at 8% there, 300 shots, that's 24 goals. That would be what he had two seasons ago when he racked up 46 points. Maybe that's the season we're in for. Maybe he shoots closer to his career average at 11.7, which would be like 35 goals. And that's right where we had him pegged, 30 to 35. And that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Columbus is tied with Colorado and Boston in goals per game. So it's not like they're not scoring goals. It's just he's not assisting on any. The points are going to come. I still haven't pegged for like 50-plus points and 30 goals. I haven't, I haven't been like a true believer in Cam Atkinson for quite a few years. I, I, I had him on my team when he first like – kind of started popping up and there's something about him I just can't trust. I think it's the team that he's on and the people that he's playing with. Yeah, there's there's not much hope in Columbus. So I, I don't that's where I'm coming from. That's my problem. Where do you where do you put him over under fifty points? I'm inclined to take the over, but like I'm 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 worried about it. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like just over. Over under twenty seven goals. Under. Hmm. I think he gets twenty five. 25. I think he goes 25 and 25, and that's why I think it's going to be hard because he just doesn't get the assists. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with 25 and 25. So you're taking the push on the 50? I, I said over. I, I think he'll get over, but... You know, like give, know, or, give just, or take one or two. Yeah, like 52 points or something. <laughs> all right, so let's start prepping for the week ahead, man. Sunday for Monday ads and all that. Next week, there are some primo schedules out there. Detroit's got four games with three nights off. Vegas has four games with three off nights. Ottawa, all four off night games. Other four game weeks, Anaheim, Chicago, L.A., Philly, San Jose, St. Louis, and Toronto. New Jersey only plays one game next week. 
Two game teams are Carolina, Montreal, Tampa, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Let's start talking about this weekend. Three teams are playing Saturday and Sunday: Calgary, Montreal, and Vancouver. I I really like and the and the Rangers, right? Saturday, Sunday. They're the Friday, they, Sunday. They're Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's nice. So if anybody's got same day ads, this episode's going to be uh, hitting the airwaves on Thursday. If you got same day ads, maybe look at the Rangers for three games this weekend. Uh, but they do have Washington and Vancouver Friday, Sunday. I'm looking. I'm looking at all the teams that have three games this uh, this weekend between Thursday and Sunday. Like you said, Calgary, Montreal, New York Rangers, and Vancouver. Who are you taking from Calgary, dude? This and, weekend, and this is what I, I really hate whenever Calgary has a nice schedule because there's such a huge drop off from the guys that are on the top power play. I mean, like who's next in line? Mikael Backlund. That's a he's a center. Like he's he's probably the the most likely to to do anything for you. He's he's okay in the faceoff dot. I don't know, man. Like that top power play, those are the guys you want. Those are it's seemingly like the only people that do anything. Michael Froelich just scored his points for the month against Philly last night, so he's done scoring. Maybe Noah Hannafin, twelve percent in ESPN, eight percent in Yahoo. He's gonna get you category coverage at least to an extent. I'll tell you who I'm looking at. Okay. And that's Michael Froelich, who's less than one percent owned in ESPN and one percent owned in high in Yahoo. And I like him for uh, and and I got one more player I, I like, uh, and I'm trying to find you some people that are going to be available. So Froelich is playing on the right hand side of Backlund and and Matt Kachuk. Backlund's a passer. Now Froelich even popped him his head out last game and got a goal as well. So I don't know. I, I'd say watch out for Froelich. I think he is definitely worth just to pick up for the next couple of days. They're at LA and they're at Anaheim. So if ever there's a chance for him to get points, I think it's this weekend. One more that I would say, and that would be TJ Brody. Also, not super owned. Uh, in, in ESPN, however, 38%. Yahoo, 5%. 5%. Come on. He plays on the second power play unit. He's playing on the first... Uh, uh, defensive pairing with Mark Giordano. He's getting time out there, folks. He is definitely worth having. He is a uh, um, he is a threat to score, and he's also going to get you some peripherals. I think TJ Brody and Michael Frelick are definitely the people I'm looking at from Calgary. Yeah, Brody's blocking shots, and that's what I like about him. So far, he's got two assists through uh, his season so far, seven shots on goal, one hit, and eight blocks. So not bad. I think they're like six or seven games in now. I'm going to stick with Noah Hannafin. I guess we're looking at the defense then because you like Froelich, but I, I kind of think he just scores once a month, and I can't see him scoring again. Oh, I, I like Bro- I like Brody better. Than Froelich? Yeah. Okay. I like the power play time. Froelich is getting zero power play time, but he is on the second line. Uh, Brody is getting that power play too. All right, Montreal. Nothing, nothing crazy, but it's but it's better than better than none at all. With these Saturday, Sunday things, like – got a couple of guys for this but i, I kind of only mean for sunday like you can pick them up for saturday too but in this case like you probably have a full lineup these guys are probably going to be on your bench for saturday but for sunday like i'm picking up somebody from montreal man they are playing st louis and minnesota so i'm gonna say if, we, if we're gonna say the same guy i got jonathan druin and philip to i had philip to right on i went i went one from montreal and I went with Philip to know, um, and that's also because, well, I guarantee you the same re- the same reasons you're going to say. 
8% in both ESPN and Yahoo. He is strict center. Uh, he's got 12 hits, which I really like. Four points in six games, four penalty minutes too. Centering the top line, getting power play time with Gallagher, Weber, and Druin. It's that that one's an easy. If you got room at center, it's easy. Yeah. How is he that available? Center's deep, man. Center's deep. Nobody wants yeah. like Philip Dano. I don't uh, know. I I picked him up. I don't know if you noticed that. I picked him up yeah. in I think two leagues just kind of for this, just for the back half of this week. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, and I like that. Uh, with Jonathan Druin, he's a little less available. Thirty-seven percent Yahoo. Center and left wing, 60% in ESPN. He broke his five-game point streak against Tampa, but he still has six points in six games, 14 shots on goal, five hits, and a block this year. So against Minnesota on Sunday, Minnesota is hemorrhaging goals. Apparently, Alex Stalock is like playing okay now, and Dubnik is, is the sieve. It's a weird year in Minnesota, but I still like that matchup. And then Edmonton, man, they play Friday and Sunday, as do Anaheim, Chicago, New York Rangers, and Washington. It seemed like you kind of spotlighted New York Rangers because they played Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Who do you got from the Rangers? Pavel Buznavich. How's his ownership? Because I feel like it should be pretty high, being on that top line. Don't you think? I would, yeah. But yeah, I would too. So, And, and I even have him in, in one of my leagues. But I feel like he is owned in pretty much all of our leagues. ESPN, only 14.2%. Yahoo, 16%. This guy is available, and he's playing with Zabanejad, who is having a great start to the season, and fucking Artemi Panarin. He's also on the top power play, top line. Like, why is this guy available? If he's available in your league, go get him. Yeah, it's perfect Sunday streamer. Like, what do we call them? Sunday saviors or something. Like, we we like those Sunday guys because it's your last ditch effort to to win. Buchnevich, I I kind of just ignored him because I assumed, which was wrong of me, that his ownership was going to be way too high to throw him into this mix. I'm telling you, go get him. All right, for Sunday, I had Alex Chase on. He is one percent in Yahoo and three point eight percent in ESPN. <laughs> He's in the top six now, and I really like that. It should get both RNH and Chase on going. He's got no top power play time in sight with Neil being a god, and other names are pretty much stapled up there. But if you do get some top six time at the very least out of him, and he did have great success last year, but it was in large part to his power play deployment with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you are getting that Sunday game against Vancouver. They sometimes give up a lot of goals. So with Alex Chase on, I like him in a points league. That's who I'm looking at on Sunday. So you're talking about getting a lot of giving up a lot of goals, huh? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so last time I checked, even though they are oh, winning, no, they're playing Winnipeg on Sunday, so that's why I like him. Well, I'm I'm looking in Vancouver because I'm looking at a goalie tandem in the New York Rangers that gives up a lot of goals. I am specifically looking at Tanner Pearson, who's on the second line, also the second power play unit. ESPN, 10.2%. Yahoo, 6%. He has 19 shots on goal through only five games played. Hell, one of, well, pretty much that's because one of those games he had 11 fucking shots on goal, and that was against the Edmonton Oilers. That's nice. Um, yeah, but still, in the past five games, he has two goals and two assists. I, I, I think that sounds pretty good to me. I'm looking at JT Miller right now. His ownership is 56% in Yahoo and 61 in ESPN, which is kind of nutsy. Like, that's that's 40% of your leagues that he's out there in ESPN. And 
half of leagues in a little less than half in Yahoo. Oh, if if Miller is if Miller is available, I'm definitely taking JT Miller over Tanner Pearson. Fifty percent right. is just too high to put into this list for me. But in the same breath, it was surprisingly low. I assumed he had a he had a big night last night. Top line, top power play. I kind of treated that one like Buchnevich. I just assumed that he was too highly owned and it wasn't worth bringing him up. But then I looked it up while you were talking about Tanner Pearson. Still pretty low. Yeah, I mean, if he's available, he's definitely the one you're taking. Top line with Besser and Pedersen. And then also top power play unit. Add on Bo Horvat and Alexander Redler onto that first PP. And yeah, I mean, you're good to go. But that's only if Miller's available. So if, if you're in one of those percent of leagues of that 40, then yeah, go pick him up. Otherwise, I'm looking at Tanner Pearson. For Friday and Saturday matchups, we got Columbus. They're at Chicago, and then they see the New York Islanders. Colorado's got that Florida trip. They're at Florida and at Tampa Bay. Dallas is going to see Pittsburgh and Philly. Pittsburgh is going to see Dallas and then Vegas. Are there any of these teams that you're kind of eyeballing? Like, like out of these, they all seem like pretty tough matchups. I guess Columbus would be the team that I would go to, what with Chicago and the New York Islanders. But who's out there? Yeah, but who are you going to get from Columbus, man? Oliver Bjorkstrand, maybe. I mean, who who are you thinking about from from that team? You know, like you said, there's really nobody available uh, that's worth looking at. Jeez, I feel like I sound really nasally. <laughs> uh, Nick Foligno. Line combinations. I know, man. I'm so sick. Uh, uh, Foligno. Well, you know, I could see Josh yeah. Anderson is still hurt. If he's back, he you know he could be somebody worth picking oh, yeah. up if, if somebody dropped if him. He's back. Nick Foligno, 14% in Yahoo and 11% in ESPN. He's got 19 hits on the year so far, and that's pretty nuts. Three points to speak of, two penalty minutes and a power play point. Pretty sure they took him off that top power play, which is kind of why I was a little worried about suggesting him. Uh, They did. They put Alexander Winberg up there. So Foligno is still getting power play time, but it's on the second unit with Texier, Bemstrom, Bjorkstrand, and Morensky. I mean, Wenberg, if you're looking for power play points, he is still on that power play, but, he, but I'm pretty sure he's a strict center. No, he's center and left wing, 2% owned in, in Yahoo. So, you know, there's some options in Columbus if you need Friday and Saturday help uh, just to, like, round out. Uh, Colorado, I guess Burkowski would be the guy I would look at. Dallas. Corey Perry's worth a shot against Pittsburgh and against Philadelphia, two generally pretty heavy teams. Corey Perry plays that heavy game. You're sure to get some hits out of him, maybe even some penalty minutes, because I know he's probably going to have a lot of fun up against Pittsburgh. Can I toot my own horn about something? Go ahead. So you brought up Florida. Yeah. Who was right about Brett Connolly? You were right about Brett Connolly. Who was right about Brett Connolly? You were talking about him, and then like 20 minutes later, he scored like two goals. Two goals. He's still in that top six, playing with Mike Hoffman and Vincent Trocek. That's a damn good line to be playing with. Yeah, he's a third wheel for sure. He has second power play time. He's only 3% owned in in ESPN. Like, come on. There's a Friday-Saturday for you. They, uh, yeah. I guess I missed them on on my list here. And only, and only 2% in Yahoo. Brett Connolly, folks. Come on. <laughs> Brett Connolly. Yeah, he's got uh, their home against Colorado, and then they're going to see Nashville. Nashville is bleeding goals right now. They, last I checked, they were like top five in goals against per game. You know, you're in that top six, and you, you're you coming off a pretty hot start. Brett Connolly, definitely worth looking at. I just gave myself a pat on the back. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't hurt your shoulder there. 
All right, guys, so that's it. We got a pretty quick episode. That was just, you know, that was our second half of the 69. So you guys can get us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. Feel free to join our Discord. I'll link it in the episode description. Uh, We're also doing a Dynasty League that's going to start in April. And if you're interested, just join up in that Discord and let me know. And I'll get you added to the channel. And we'll start hashing out, like, how we want to do the scoring and stuff like that. So thanks for sitting tight during this short episode. And we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. Love you.